Good morning, everyone, and we welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. Thank you for joining us today as we record from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And so glad you all are here. Okay, we'll start with a morning prayer. I'm reading from page 230 and 231 of Divinity Course and General Collectania, some things that Mrs. Eddy said herself about treatment against mortal mind. It says, no shadow of mortal mind can touch me. There is nothing to fear. God works in me to will and to do, and I shall perform my work. No cloud can touch me or my patience. We must not fear for the struggles that come, for they must be met. All that is within me is the victory, is the spirit of victory. Awake, spirit of truth, cast off these shackles of mortal fear and distress. Come forth and be manifest in me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we turn for power from matter to spirit, we can move mountains, surmount obstacles, and achieve every success and overcome fear and sin. The claiming of our rightful heritage as God's children is the true mental culture and spiritual education. Thank you. Thank you. Write the watching point. Watch number 389. Watch in stressing mental causation, lest you forget that the belief in physical effect is as unreal as its cause. The whole phenomena of human cause and effect is a dream. Furthermore, in an article called Dreams, Mrs. Eddy once wrote, quote, Admitting that mortal life is a dream is admitting that it is something, when the fact remains that it is nothing, since there is no mortal life. End quote. Thus, when you begin to see that the seeming effects of mortal mind are as mental as is mortal mind, you must not stop until you see that mortal mind is nothing, since God is all. End quote. Okay, thank you. Comments on that? Hmm. Carrie had sent me that whole article. It's not that long. Dreams by Mrs. Eddy. It says it was written September 20th, 1909. But at Mrs. Eddy's request, it was not published. So and the gist of it was the one sentence was quoted in that watching point. Well, I think it is important. I mean, for me, it's been very helpful to to go further, like she says to, I mean, Gilbert Cartman or the watch says, we can't just say that the problem is mental um, because then we're having, then we've got a mentality where it's going on. But if we go further and say that there's, if you know there's only one mind, then there's no place for the dream or the dreamer or anything to be going on. Uh, there's not even a false mind or a false sense. So that's it's been helpful for me to 
to um, not leave it in the mind, in the realm of the mental. I mean, it's mental, but it's not in anything to do with mortal mind. It's an idea in mind, so therefore perfect. Yeah. Mrs. Eddy speaks of that in her article, Body, that we have on our website. She says that's a step in the right direction when you realize that maybe there's some mental cause, but then you have to go even farther than that. And no, there's only the one cause and the one effect. And when we see physical effect around us in our experience, um, we have to see it as spiritual and not as and not as physical being the real. <laughs> in other words. It goes back to how we look at things, doesn't it? How we see things it goes back to our vision, and our we have to we have to see the spiritual reality in everything around us, including what might appear to be physical. What has helped me in understanding this is, um, you know, say for instance, you think, well, you know, you you were hating somebody. And therefore, you're sick. Well, the hate and the sickness, neither one of them is true. You wipe out both knowing their unreality. That is what's helped me understand this. Because some of these things are, you know, you, you have to have a clear sense of it. Otherwise, you're, you don't, you're operating from a, a false sense. And for instance, like right now, I know a lot of people have all these different reasons as to why we have a pandemic, right? Human reasons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Everybody's got a theory. Everybody has a theory. Yeah. But you see, when you do that, you're giving the whole thing more life, aren't you? It has a reason and then it has a, the effect. So whatever you think the reason is, whatever, whatever anybody tells you or whatever you might think yourself, if it's a human reason, it's no more true than the so-called <clears throat> pandemic. It's all a false, false belief. And that way you gain dominion over it. I think learning that God is all has helped me because then I bring it to everything. If God is all and what I'm seeing is really the erroneous picture presenting to me, it helps me to, you know, go through or look through the lie to see the truth. Like she said herself when she saw God's face in the clouds, for example, um, I think that's helpful for me. It's been helpful. Most definitely. Uh, I'm reminded of something else from Gilbert Carpenter where a patient told him, told Carpenter that he was healed, and Carpenter said, well, give me one more day to know this never happened in my mind. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. That should be done with everything. Any problem you've had, no, it never happened in divine mind. Otherwise, you're liable in belief to a reoccurrence. And, and this, is, uh, this is what explains the story in the Bible. Jesus' disciples asked him, who did sin that this man was born blind? Mm. This man or his parents? Nobody. And you remember what the explanation was by Jesus. Yeah, no one sinned. 
yeah, yeah they, neither he nor his parents sinned. In other words, don't give this lie reality, <clears throat> but that the works of God may be made may be made manifest. In other words, let's see God as all in all in this situation. And that is what healed the blind man. And he went on, didn't he, to give glory to God, even under difficult circumstances. He knew. He spoke. And and this is this is true too, always the question, and this is in Watch's prison arguments as well, is what if what is your motive for wanting to be healed? Is it just to get yourself comfortable in, in the belief of life and matter? Or is it to step out of that belief and also to give God the glory and the credit and further his kingdom on earth? That's the pure motive. In this, um, throughout this lesson, I, I, I go back to prose works, miscellaneous writings. Mrs. Eddy wrote a wonderful article called One Cause and Effect, which I'll read parts of. She says, that there is but one God or life, one cause and one effect, is the multum in parvo, which means a great deal in a small space of Christian science. And to my understanding, it is the heart of Christianity, the religion that Jesus taught and demonstrated. In divine science, it is found that matter is a phase of error and that neither one really exists since God is truth and all in all, goes back to what um, Florence was saying. Christ's Sermon on the Mount, in its direct application to human needs, confirms this conclusion. So, yes. And then, in dreams, things are only what mortal mind makes them. And the phenomena of mortal life are as dreams. And this so-called life is a dream soon told. In proportion as mortals turn from this mortal and material dream to the true sense of reality, everlasting life will be found to be the only life. And then finally, take courage, dear reader, for any seeming mysticism surrounding realism is explained in the scripture. Quote, there went up a mist from the earth matter, end quote. And the mist of materialism will vanish as we approach spirituality, the realm of reality, cleanse our lives in Christ's righteousness, bathe in the baptism of spirit, and awaken his likeness. So that's a, that's a wonderful article. You should all know one cause, one effect. And you can ask yourself, well, what, you know, what do you humanly think the cause of this is? And then wipe that out, and then wipe out the so-called effect. Because there usually is some human reason for things happening. But we don't stop there. Otherwise, you, you, you remain in that dream. The whole dream is false. Any questions about that? And this is the process of Christian healing unlike faith, so-called faith healing, which is human will. Thank you. All right. 
Our subject today, Adam and Fallen Man. All right, Lil, the golden text. Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Okay, and um, in our Bible study yesterday, Tom was talking about how wonderful the responsive reading is this week. So, Carol, you read it. <clears throat> awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Break forth into joy. Sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Thank you. Okay, what are, what are your comments about that? I thought it was interesting. Yesterday it caught my eye where it says, arise and sit down. <laughs> Someone said that. that. <laughs> she said that man arise and sit down and shut up. <laughs> Maybe, so. Maybe so. Go ahead, Karen. <laughs> well, I was just, I, I really hadn't, I was going to, I didn't really work at trying to figure it out. I just thought, well, arise, obviously, or it says shake thyself in the dust. And what does that mean? Well, get a, you know, shake thyself from the belief that we're that we're mortals, that we had a material beginning, that we started from this Adam, so-called Adam dream. Got to shake that off because that has that has nothing to do with who we are. Um, so, yeah, from the belief that dust has reality in the first place. Yeah, dust man. The dust man. Yeah. yeah <laughs> And and I guess to to sit down in the in the um, or rest in in knowing that we aren't we aren't that we're we're the the uh, spiritual ideas from the chapter one you know God made man in His image and likeness so we can sit down and know that that's that's the truth of who we are O Jerusalem. <laughs> I thought the Thank sit you. down was sit down and listen. In other words, yeah. be still. It, it could be have still. Yeah. It could have said get on your knees and listen to what the to what God has to say. One thing I I found I think uh, God or His prophet Isaiah, who proved himself, never asked for anything that you can't do. So, I mean, when Mrs. Evans used to tell me to do, do things in that, and, and it seemed to be beyond my ability, but she knew that I could do it, and I was a better person than I 
thought of myself. And, and so I just think that Isaiah, had, he just said, hey, everybody's capable of this. Wake up and do it. Trust. <laughs> Later they recognized that they, it was true. Yeah, arise, lift your thought, sit down and listen. <laughs> yeah, sit down to me, you know. Yeah, it does. Be still, settle yourself. Take the truth and and be quiet with it. And then we need to break into the joy. Yes. Break into the joy. And the of truth, sorry. Go ahead, Florence. No, I was just saying that is a spirit of truth within everyone that we are awakening. You know, wake up, wake up. Uh-huh. And someone was it? Someone maybe just told me this, but the the shaking process. You know, the shaking process. Everything mortal, right, gets shaken because okay. right now with everything's being shaken, but mm-hmm. the truth, the truth remains unshaken. And it said about the shaking, and it said, whatever can be shaken will be shaken. And I thought when, and when I read that part, I thought, but truth can never be shaken. So that's going to remain no matter what. Thank you. So <laughs> that was so good. Mm-hmm. Things will be shaken till all that's left is the truth. Mm-hmm. And the shaking is really nothing more or less than the destruction of everything that is error, erroneous. And the, and the fact that it can be shaken is just evidence of the fact that it was never real, never God created in the first place. So when people are being shaken and, and they're hanging on, grabbing on to something other than God, well, then that's going to keep being they're going to feel it until they let go <laughs> let go and, and hang on save lord or i perish i love that save and, and lord shake, or I perish. and shake themselves shake themselves from the dust <laughs> disengage from it right yes exactly. yes break free from the bondage but when people are fearful and when they're shaking sometimes they hold on to it all the more right and like materia medica is swelling up quite wonderfully right now um, everyone thinking the answer's in it but it'll come to pass they'll find out it's not because it's not and that's truth God has our answers and God takes care of us all and we have to be humble enough to listen and obey yes I, I always think of uh, I think it was Kimball who said that if Materia Medica was actually a science. It wouldn't change. But it's always mm-hmm. changing. Very good. Mm-hmm. Changing all the time. All the time, yes. First it's this, then it's that. It's just, it just changes as, as the mortal mind changes. I thought the part about uh, the righteousness of me stuck out because he's only righteousness is of God. I mean, that goes back to that little thought where you're trying to be good, humanly good, or I mean, or being righteous on your own. It's God that it's only God's righteousness. I don't know. That just struck me that their righteousness is of me. Yes. <laughs> Not anything that I do for myself. Like like the prayer 
she said something like, God works in me. I work. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Well, and I'll have, I love this little poem. We sometimes have it on our carousel. I'll have Jeremy read it. Genesis 1 or Genesis 2. <clears throat> Where did it begin, this idea called you? In Genesis 1 or in Genesis 2? Which one of these concepts will prove to be true? If you know what is what, do you know who is who? <laughs> in Genesis is the 26th verse. There's a man with never a taint of a curse. But in Genesis 2, in verse number 7, there's a dust man conceived. He'll never see heaven. So it really comes down to which one you will claim. What thou seest, thou beest. So what is your name? There they, there they both stand. Which one is you? Immortal man one or mortal man two? If you're immortal man, you know what you're worth. For according to law, you'll inherit the earth. But if you're immortal and made out of dust. Whoops. First page two. Whoops. I must have left it in my <laughs> Well, we all know the answer to that question. <laughs> Jeremy will look it up and read the end to us. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was all there. Well, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Jeremy will find it. Well, anyway, and this is certainly what um, Parthens wrote about on the forum and also Jasmine. You know, and, and who are we? We must claim our true identity. Our true identity, yes, as, as Genesis 1. Not two of us. Did you find it, Jeremy? Yes. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> Let's see. But if you're just immortal and made out of dust, is there anything to you that's worthy of trust? No, the thing they call man in Genesis 2 is the dream of the dreamer. It never was you. So know what you are. Take your place in the sun. You're the immortal man of Genesis 1. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Take your place in the sun. Yeah. You are the immortal man. Yeah. And they're not two of you. They're just there's just the one. False mm. beliefs fall away as we know more and more of our relationship with God. That's what it's all about. That's what we seek. That's what when you when in any experience comes to you. You you seek to know more of God. You seek what you need to know. You don't seek um, the quote answer to it, or my all my needs will be supplied, or <laughs> I will be mm. healthy now. No. What is it that I need to know to get closer to you, Father? And and if you're sincere, so you stand up, shake the dust off, and you sit down and listen to what He has to say. What you need, what you truly need will flood in to you. And it will change you forever. So that these experiences don't happen again. Some, somehow there was some sort of a falling away. This is why I tell people always to carry your sword in hand. Never let down. Never, 
absent from your post, never off guard, never ill-humored, never ready to work for God. I love what was, you know, I read it on Wednesday night. It was someone who had been on vacation. She was reading the word back, the definition of, 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 of it, sort vacation. of vacation. Yeah, yeah. vacation. Vacuum, yeah. vacant, <laughs> empty. Vacuum. <laughs> And, and you have to be so careful because even when you think you're doing your work, um, it's very easy to get in la-la land and God is love and everything's wonderful and um, love, love, love. <laughs> in the meantime, Era is always busy. And, and the, the, there's a, a great difference between really doing your work, really doing your work, or just drifting into that la-la business. And that was what was so wonderful about Mrs. Evans. She would not permit it, nor very much like Mrs. Eddy. You know what she no, did she to the, didn't let it. She did not. No, she did not let it go on in her household. She told one of her workers who wanted to go on a vacation. What did, do you remember what he, she said to him? She said, you can go get your hair cut this afternoon. <laughs> your vacation. Now, I'm not, I'm not knocking. There are times we need times off and refreshment. Most definitely we do. But as the watching point says about that, you work all the more, not less. And sometimes when you have a lot of distractions going along and a lot of places you're seeing and of people you're with or whatever, you you can tend to drop your guard. So, and there will be always something to bring you back to reality. And isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Thank God that you're brought back to reality. It's something to rejoice in because that shows God loves you. Was someone trying to speak? Uh, thank you for bringing that back about vacation. Uh, there's a beautiful quote uh, that says, maybe Kennedy talk about uh, our vacation is the prayer time. And I just love that. I mean, I can have any vacation anytime. We all can. We right. don't even have to spend money. We don't have to nothing. And it's really the best vacation ever, at least for me. And I, I cannot quote uh, or say what it is, but it is for sure said, she said that the prayer time is our vacation, uh, not the quote. But maybe someone knows it because it's really great. Well, it's a good thought. Yeah. Thank you. I think it may have been Carpenter who yeah. said the spirit rests in action. Talks about that a lot. So. Well, that's, I believe that's Mrs. Eddy, spirit. Yeah. So there's well, a watching point that well, there is a yeah. that where Miss Eddie said you go off and and see you go away in, in spirit or see the hills or I don't remember. <laughs> she talks about what you should travel when you travel mentally. It's very important, yes, and that and that and if you do go away, that you spend more time in prayer and not less, and that you're not glamoured. That there's some other wonderful place that's better than place you go back to and you go back refreshed and ready to do the work but if you don't and you get a little carried away as i said air is always working air is always nibbling around and if you're not alert there will be something that'll bring you back 
down to reality and you can thank god for it and when you've really learned that lesson whatever it is well then you won't ever forget it and you won't ever forget it when i read that shake thyself from the dust and then arise and sit down all i could think of is like air just popping you and you're just <laughs> laying flat out and then you get getting up from there so yes you don't want that to happen nope you don't and you know we as a church in years past we did some traveling um mrs evan's daughter was a travel agent and we went to europe we went to england and scotland to Mm-hmm. How many times? Two or three, Two or three at least. Times, yeah. Yes. But I'm telling you, we worked all the time <laughs> on the plane. You were working. Um, she was constantly giving us things to work with. And plus, we were we were not allowed to go off into La La Land. And that was a great, great blessing. And I before that time, I never enjoyed travel. I, I found it. I would be very, very anxious and other things. But that training ground, now, now if I need to, I can travel in peace um, if I need to. And if, my, if I have some holy motive to do, you have to have a holy motive wherever you're going. It's not just for fun and relaxation. And Miss, Mrs. Eddy took a carriage ride each afternoon yes. through her neighborhood, right? Yes. And she blessed. Yeah. And she, that was her sort of her daily vacation. Mm-hmm. But she 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 worked for her neighborhood as she yeah. as she drove through it. She healed people as she was going on her carriage. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And she so had eye contact with somebody, they were healed. Yes. And they would try to, they knew it. They'd go out to their gates. Yes, just to get a glimpse of her. Mm-hmm. But it was all about that. It was all about healing. Um, so, and so it must be with with us. And 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 this is staying. This is the process. Once we are awake, to stay awake, okay, and not drift back into dreamland. Um, even when remember the story, she went to some store to buy something, and she saw oh, yeah. a person in distress. Mm. And it totally took her attention, and she was praying for this fellow. She couldn't even shop. No. And the woman kept went home. Kept saying, don't you want to buy this? We should get this. How can I do that when I see that man suffering? Exactly. And she didn't didn't buy anything. Yes. This was her her state of being. This is how she was, wherever she went, whatever she saw, wherever she was. It was a prayerful state and one of healing and blessing all mankind. And and the fruit of that was the man was healed. So so when we live we live a life of prayer. If you live a life of prayer, God is present everywhere. I love that hymn. It's beautiful. And and what greater vacation could anybody ever want? Exactly. And once once you start with that, then all this other stuff, seeing places or whatever. It, it it pales. Um, well, so. it serves no purpose. No. Unless it's God-directed. And again, I'm not against necessarily going, taking refreshment. That's important. Well, certainly from coming here, too, the world seems much more beautiful. Well, that's right true. Where I am. <laughs> yeah, right where you are. Yes, it's much more beautiful. Thank you. Yes. 
and you see the beauty everywhere. Before, when I would travel and I was anxious all the time, it was it was a horrible thing. I couldn't wait to get home, um, and even at home, I was anxious. So, <laughs> so, but when you get healed of those things, um, your love for God and man is so increased that again, anything pales in comparison. That's all that's really important. Um, it I, I've seen, I've noticed some people. All they do is travel, right? They travel all the time that's their excitement that's what they do but um here we've got so much good work to do and that's so much work so much more exciting keep seeing (laughs) standing things that you never understood before you're traveling that excitement (laughs) that's right and you're travel you're traveling and new you're taking a journey in new places um spiritual places florence did you want to speak Oh, not really, no. Not at this time. Okay. I would like to share this. Okay. Um, I go through prayer to this, that those vacation times or time off or whatever, as long as they are led and really directed by divine mind and not our own will, then that's when it's going to be wonderful. Thank sometimes you. Sometimes it's not human will, but we should do it like everything in our lives. And sometimes people exclude that and say, oh, I want to go here and I want to go there. And it's all human will. But if it is under divine mind's guidance, then it will be wonderful, just like everything. It will That's be. And mm. it will be harmonious in the true sense of that word, harmonious with a sword. Not just, oh, it's lovely. That that word harmony and harmonious, it reminds me so much of the um, old, the culture, the, you know, the what I was raised in, I guess. I, I kind of have an aversion to it. If it's, I mean, it's a lovely word. And, of course, we know harmony in music and all of that. But it was so overused. 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 Yeah, right. Oh, it's harmony. Oh, it's harmony. So, yeah. yeah. Harmonious. Let's be harmonious. Yeah. Yeah. We all be harmonious. <laughs> it was too much kumbaya for yeah. me. So. Usually meant don't address it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything. Yeah. 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 What, what is this? What about, um, can I say something? Yes, please. Uh. Um, you know, uh, I was uh, given the chance to go to France and work on my visit. Uh, and so I holidays, but I've traveled a lot, and every time I travel, I try to understand that I'm one with God, and I'm so grateful that the travel to meet with you today is helping me to realize this even more. Um, This type of work is really showing me that the science of Christian science brings us further and that's the only way we can go all the way with God, and we are not penalized by all the ideas. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Siri. Thank you. Um, another another thought that is in the responsive reading, the last line, I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness, not wanting more, but satisfied and complete. Thank you. That's yeah. beautiful. And that's, you know, I, I so many people, well, not so many, but there are people, they have difficulty perhaps with their um, their face, their countenance in some way. And, and there are all these beautiful things in the Bible that tell us 
So as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Um, that's, that's our countenance, God's likeness, the image and likeness of God. And that is beautiful and perfect and unmarred and without spot. That was the line that healed me. It healed you of what? That thought that I was ugly. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Because this is this is really saying, I shall be satisfied when I awake, knowing who I really am. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. As God's image and likeness. And once you once you once you begin to realize and feel that you are in fact God's image and likeness, nothing else is really satisfactory. <laughs> nothing else can satisfy. Yes. Thank you. We're not a victim of genetics. It depends uh-huh. on how much we reflect of God. Exactly. And and that's why Mrs. Eddie said a friend always looks beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you see that joy. And, and I'm sometimes astounded a, a picture, you know, a picture with that doesn't capture a person's spirit. They can look like a wholly different person. You know, it seems like all it dwells on is your wrinkles or something. <laughs> but when you see the person in real life, that person can be very beautiful. Um, so it, it's the spirit and that beautiful quote I've given about in truth, you have no beauty apart from God. And so, and again, all of these are ways we are keeping awake and out of this Adam dream. Because the Adam dream is you're born into matter, you're going to die out of it, and everything in between is terrible. So, And that's why Mrs. Eddy had such a time training the artist who illustrated her book, Christ and Christmas. Yes. Because, it, you know, she had to train him to capture the spirit. Of what was being said. Yeah, and we're going to have a beautiful Liberator magazine on that for the month of November. So I don't know, thank Susan. You, thank you for that. Thank you, really. Thank you. Uh, the, this reminded me of, I think it's so related, that beautiful quote higher enjoyments alone can satisfy the cravings of immortal man. Thank you. Exactly. So true. And, uh, and, you know, people try to find it in all this amusements, amusement parks, or doing this, that, or the next thing, shopping. But it doesn't satisfy the longings. Food. Food is a big one. <laughs> Food, right. Mm-hmm. My daughter told me recently that there's sort of a movement among parents right now to not not describe their children or other children as as far as looks. Oh, you're so pretty, you're so handsome, you're so... But more about you're so thoughtful, you're so loving, that was kind what you did, or that was... You showed a lot of strength or courage. They're trying to, according to my daughter, that they're trying to get away from the looks, you know, describing boys or girls as just on based on their looks trying to get away from that i thought that was that's 
That's great. <laughs> it is. It is wonderful. It is because oh. there's been way too much emphasis on looks, right, and billboards, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So, hallelujah for that sign of progress. Yeah. One uh, one thing I want to say, I see now clearly that when I used to be so afraid of driving, going anywhere, it's because I wasn't thinking right. I was seeing, I wasn't looking or praying for my neighbor. I was just thinking of myself and the idea of going everywhere with God in thought, you know, that the love and and circles everyone on the road all, all that kind of thinking is what has healed me from driving with fear that's wonderful that is yeah. beautiful and you wrote you wrote a beautiful article about that a while ago where you know you're having to drive in pouring rain with all these trucks and everything and uh and I, I, I saved it. It's, it's very beautiful and so true because otherwise you get in the car and you think, oh, my gosh, all these crazy drivers everywhere. Oh, goodness. Look, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're all going to come and find me and smack me around <laughs> or whatever. But isn't that true? If you're not thinking God thoughts, that's how you think. Uh-huh. And, and it's terror. It's you can be terrorized by. <laughs> so therefore. The solution is, yes, God is behind the wheel of my car and behind the wheel of every car on the road. And then bless, love the people, love everyone that passes you. What a wonderful opportunity. And that's true to any traveling you do, train, bus, car, love everyone you meet. Know they're the child of God and give them a blessing. Um, Keeps you very well occupied. (laughs) Thank you, Florence. Yeah. And... Assuming that you have a rightful purpose in your trip to drive or whatever, remember why you are taking the trip. And God God prospers a right idea. So how could you not feel safe if yeah. you're if you're doing something that God directs you to do? And um, he'll open the way. We always were taught here that Christ goes before you and prepares the way. He opens the way, and it's, it'll be harmonious. <laughs> I, I actually said it. <laughs> but it's true harmo- harmony. <laughs> so. well, right, right, right. And when the obstacles come up, and they will, <laughs> you will have dominion over them. And that's yeah. the harmony. Not the lack of obstacles, but the dominion yes, over them. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and if you go somewhere and there are absolutely zero obstacles and everything is super fine, you're snoring away. <laughs> I mean, you cannot you cannot go amongst this human existence without having challenges and things to meet, and that that's when you know the the. Uh, like the, whatever you want to call them, the culture, the Boston scientists, it's like Zippo, bye, goodbye. They're in la la land. Everything's wonderful. And they're, they're not seeing what they need and healing what they need to heal because they're so asleep. So it has to be the right balance and you only see it to heal it. But if you don't even see it, well, I mean, maybe you're so far ascended that, <laughs> but that's probably not the case. Mrs. Well, Eddie still felt it. Oh, she did. So Everywhere. We got a long way to go. <laughs> yes. 
So now I want to make sure I have time for, I loved um, Dale's W, your forum. She's on, right? Yes. Okay, Dale. Yes, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, what did you say about the atheism of matter? <laughs> well, it, it kind of really, um, the first time I ever read that, it just kind of shocked me off my chair um, because I thought, well, let's read. Do you have it there? Oh, okay. People might not know. Oh, sure. Okay, sure. This was, this was a citation from the lesson, um, citation number three. Um, quote, the name Adam represents the false supposition that life is not eternal, but has beginning and end. That the infinite enters the finite, that intelligence passes into non-intelligence, and that soul dwells in material sense. That immortal mind results in matter, and matter in mortal mind. <clears throat> that the one God and creator entered what he created, and then disappeared in the atheism of matter. End quote. Um, and I thought, wow. Um, said the first time I read this, which is the last paragraph in Mrs. Eddy's definition of Adam, I was blown away by the words, quote, atheism of matter, end quote. What does that mean? It simply and clearly tells us that believing in life in matter or bowing down to material laws, we are saying, there is no God. And then I looked up the definition of atheism in Webster's 1828, and it says, quote, the disbelief of the existence of a God or supreme being. And there's a quote in there, atheism is a ferocious system that leaves nothing above us to excite awe, nor around us to awaken tenderness, Robert Hall, end quote. I said, these strong words of Mrs. Eddy, given by God, as she said she was a scribe under orders, draw a clear line for me in what I choose to believe. Um, and, I, and that scribe under orders, there's references in miscellaneous writings and miscellany where she says she was a scribe under orders. So I, I just love this lesson on Adam and Fallen Man because it's so stark right out there in your face this is what it is <laughs> thank you that that was beautiful that you took that and then dissected it and see you see this is the wake this is the waking up um this is the waking up because we all i mean we all tend to do this and and then it's athe we're who thinks of themselves as an atheist <laughs> and that definition of it my goodness that there is no god so, and, and that, yes, that beautiful quote from Robert Hall is a ferocious system that leaves nothing above us to excite awe, mm. nor around us to awaken tenderness. Mm. So, that, that, sounds like, that sounds like hell. Yes, it, <laughs> does. Like, it sounds like hell on earth. It, it does. It is. It is. Jardy? And they're not very happy. No, 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 the secular world is not happy. And they're very worried because they depend on man to figure out all their solutions rather than God. And that's very terrifying because man doesn't have the answers unless they're under the direction of God. So, so anyway, that was really important. Um, 
but you enter what he created and then disappeared in the atheism of matter. So this is why you spend time every day working with a scientific statement of being, which wipes out the belief of matter. Because when you get into believing it, and it's very easy to do that, it's a wake-up call to think of yourself, you're an atheist. <laughs> no, thank you. So, so anyway, thank you for that. And then, Suzanne, what did you write on the heels of that about walking in the spirit? Um, let's see. Um, from the Interpreter's Bible, man in revolt against God is fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Man in Christ-governed obedience to God is walking in the Spirit. I just thought that was... Thank you, yes. Beautiful. Yeah. And all we can do is the best that we can. And, and in walking in the Spirit, we just keep acknowledging God's presence and power. Um, I love, too, in, in prose works, well, there are a few things... In the lesson in the Bible where it said, um, number five, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Turn from him. Now, in unity of good, rectifications is just one small page on page 20. And I always remember this because Mrs. Evans would tell us this was her father's favorite statement. And it's very powerful. Mrs. Eddy says, how is a mistake to be rectified by reversal or, or revision by seeing it in its proper light and then turning it or turning from it? We undo the statements of error by reversing them through these three statements or misstatements. Evil comes into authority, into authority. First, the Lord created it. Second, the Lord knows it. Third, I am afraid of it. By a reverse process of argument, evil must be dethroned. First, God never made evil. Second, he knows it not. Third, we therefore need not fear it. This is why I say with the pandemic, if God didn't make it, why are we afraid of it? Okay, try this process, dear inquirer, and so reach that perfect love which casteth out fear. And then see if this love does not destroy in you all hate and the sense of evil. You will awake to the, awake, you see, you will awake to the perception of God as all in all. You will find yourself losing the knowledge and the operation of sin, proportionably as you realize the divine infinitude infinitude, excuse me, and believe that he can see nothing outside of his own focal distance. Just mm -hmm. one page, it's so powerful. I know, you know, Florence has been reading it, putting it in the audio, and Gary has also has it in the audio. Listen to these things. Take them in, read them. Look the words up if you need to. And let them go deep into your being. They will change everything. It's wonderful. And then let's see, there was one other thing here. And um, 
questions and answers that I, I love because she answers everything. Is it possible to know why we were put into this condition of mortality? Get that question, huh? Why are we here in the first place? Okay, Mrs. Eddy, it is quite as possible, it is quite as possible to know wherefore man is thus conditioned as to be certain that he is in a state of mortality. Now this goes back to the watching point, that the dream, don't give the dream its any life. Otherwise you're barking up the wrong, what is it? Tree. 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 <laughs> You're barking up the wrong tree. So we're not in the state of mortality. We're in heaven on earth. As we talked about at the wonderful Bible study yesterday, which I hope you all. So now Gary's going to end on a very interesting article. something that, that Carrie sent to me. Yeah, this article appeared June 4th, 1904 uh, in the Sentinel entitled The Dream of Life, The Dream of Mortal Life, sorry. And this is an excerpt from the article. A story is told of a wealthy man whom I will call Ah Have It. <laughs> the story, very much abridged, runs something like this. The man was rich in flocks, in herds, in money, in family ties, in respect and honor. In all things that seem to make for comfort and happiness in this mortal life. One day a priest came, telling him of a wonderful find of diamonds in a certain place. The rich man went to bed poor, for he had found discontent. He too must find diamonds. He sold his flocks and herds and took his departure. He would not seek near home, he would go afar. And he spent all in his vain search and was finally swallowed up by a tidal wave, a poor outcast vagabond. Not long after Ah Havit left home, the man who lived on his place found in a little pool back of the house a shining piece of stone. It was a poor, shallow pool, hollowed out for the water to fill and covered with pebbles on the bottom. No doubt it was muddy, one had to wait sometimes for the spring to refill it after the camels had been watered. The man, attracted by the stone shining in the pool, picked it up and, pleased with its glitter, took it into the house and placed it on a shelf where he could often see it. It lay there some time, but finally the priest who had visited Ah Habit and who had told him about the diamond mine chanced to visit the place again. He was at once attracted to the shining stone. Where was it found? Out in the little pool. Any more? Probably. The owner had not noticed much, but given to other things. The priest, interested, began looking about, and it was discovered that diamonds were there in plenty, for the shining stone was nothing else. The domain that Ahavit had left to search for diamonds in other lands was literally sown with the precious stones. It is said that this was the site of the Golconda mines. To point a moral and adorn a tale so pertinent as this is hardly needful. We all overlook the things near us, 
and think that the desirable things are afar off. The kingdom of God, good, is within you. Look within and find it. The pool may be shallow, perchance near empty, but there may be found the precious gems of truth, the truth that makes free. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. The glory, the character of the Lord, as some quaintly translate it, is upon thee. Not shall be when you have become sufficiently good, but it is here, now and forever. Why this struggle for the very things we now have? It is not place, power, rank, or display that makes life worth living. It is life itself. And this we ever have, and that abundantly. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. End quote. Thank you all for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.